So when did uh, NHL teams start being cool on social media? Or not? Is it cool or less boring? They have a personality. Yeah. Like, is it that or just shit talking each other? Well, I feel like they've always had like banter back and forth, like between certain teams. Like, you know, like I feel like every team social media person like knows the other teams so that they could come up with like ideas together to like bring up both their teams. But in the past, it was just like very like boring. And there's still a bunch of teams that are still like pretty boring. And what I mean by that is like a, oh, like you're gonna, oh, they scored. Oh, and like very supportive, very bland and very supportive. That's probably the word I want to use. But then like you don't have other teams going like, hey, hey, let's just take a shot at you. (laughs) So in the instance of what? I think Arizona calling out the Habs right now, or I guess a couple of days ago. Um, I think the reference was when you don't take Logan Cooley number one, which is like, I get it. I kind of get it now. Like, yeah, I appreciate the the chirping, but it's it just not used to it. You know, that's good. It's get some more energy. Like, if you ever follow a bunch of the NHL teams on Twitter. A lot of them are just very safe. And it's just like, oh, every other team is great too. And then I appreciate the casual, oh yeah, well this team sucks. I think the most banter I ever saw was during the COVID, like that postseason area was when like they did the double, triple overtime. And the other team, then the the teams who were playing next were like, hey, you know, it's been like six hours. Get off the ice. That was the most I think I've ever seen. Yeah, like, that that's some good, proper banter. Yeah, but I feel like if you, you have to be kind of safe sometimes because it's easy to, like, backfire. Like, I feel like there's teams, like, you know, like when teams are posting, oh, we're up by this much, we're on our way to a win, and then, there's a massive comeback and it looks awful because like it's clearly right on your social media feed that you, you know, incorrectly was supporting your team to like win. Like I, I feel like like if, when Arizona goes to play the Habs later this season and the Habs win, is it not easy for the Habs social media team to be like, oh, when you don't take your what this is what happens when you you know take Slavkovsky first, right? Like. I mean, I don't even think Cooley even scored that game, right? So, like, it was kind of weird. I don't know. Okay. To be fair, though, you can't... I'm not saying, like, go in there and be like, the Habs are absolute trash and we should fold the franchise. I'm not saying that, you know, you should tweet that out. Get rid of the Leafs or whatever. But, like, just, you know, be reasonable and have some chirp. I don't know. I feel like... I, I think, like I was saying before, I think all the social media people know each other. So I, I think as long as there's like coordination, because like I don't think you can't just be like one individual. Like you can't just be like one team to just put out one post, right? Like you need interaction. So like if you can get other teams to kind of be involved. So like if like this is what Arizona is doing, then like if the Habs were say facing Seattle next and, you know, Beneers go scores, then they can be like, when you don't think any Beneers first, right? Like if it starts like a trend, then I, I think it would be more worth it. But 
that this this feels like to me like a one-off and you know just arizona trying to get some attention for themselves is it because it's against your team you're a little extra salty well honestly i didn't even realize that there was that tweet uh, you guys just kind of told me about it like just before we started so I, I mean i don't care i mean the habs are doing well they're in a playoff spot you know they're doing better than i think a lot of people expected so uh i'm happy that sounds pretty salty to me and with that let's start the show proper shall we You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. So, uh, quite a bit of news to talk about uh, that we've missed up on uh, since our last episode. Um, I think, let's talk about the, I don't know if it's, I guess it's kind of old news by now, but Shane Pinto suspended for 41 games. That's a that's a lengthy suspension for you know like a non hawk well like a non on ice like it's an off ice issue being suspended forty one games. Um, for those who don't know, Shane Pisto has been suspended forty one games for um, his like going against NHL policy on gambling, basically. And I, I mean, like, there's a lot of like the, like the details about it. But what are your like initial thoughts on? The 41 game suspension seems like a lot right like the closest thing i could think of was like like there's no comparison there's no comparison but like that seems like a lot like half a season obviously there's something going on there like i'm obviously assuming he didn't like you know do the, you know bet on like the sends right but like or bet against the sends but like that just seems like a lot. Am, am, I, am I misreading something here? Well, I, I think the closest examples that you can find is probably in the NFL. Like, I feel like every year in the NFL, some, like a couple of people get suspended for, you know, breaking the gambling policy. Like, I think like Calvin Ridley lost an entire season because of it. I think his was more extreme. But, you know, guys who just violate the policy like slightly, by, like, I don't know, they, they place the bet inside facilities on like not even under on football but like on something else like they get six games or something or four games right so 41 games does seem a lot how about you Anton what were your initial thoughts on this Shane Pinto suspension I think it's far too much to be honest with you it's like 41 games that's half a season right there um he can't serve it until he's he signs a contract but I think Sens kind of pulled everything off the table so he can only sign the QO at this point and it's like we've seen absolutely I don't know like borderline assaults right from like uh, various hits from all over like the years and it's all like five six seven ten like if we're really stretching it I don't think we've seen like double digit suspensions in a very long time and the fact that we're seeing 41 for something that's like off ice is um i don't know for me i think that's too much like and i get it it might be like a making an example out of him so you don't do this to the rest of the nhl but that's a lot of games well it kind of feels like the nhl is like like you were saying like they're setting a precedence on um, being like hey you can't gamble like or you can't like this is our gambling policy if you violate it you are gonna get the book thrown at you but 
like for I mean we've actually seen quite a few suspensions just at like the first month of the NHL season. We've had what like five suspensions of like on ice issues, you know, checks to the head, kneeing, like we've seen quite a few, but um like something off ice kind of being that forty one games and I mean it feels like it kind of kind of maybe missed the early signs of it when like you know we were all worried about oh Shane Pinto not signing with the Sens and then it kind of died down quite a bit like we weren't really talking about it as much or we weren't hearing much news if the Sens were going to be able to sign him and like especially when like Artem Zhu went on IR and like we thought okay maybe they might have cap space but there was never any news about Pinto signing I think you know once the Sens kind of got that information that you know Pinto might you know be out for a little bit that's when you know contract talks kind of stop there okay but i think it's very hard it's a very hard line that they're trying to pass here by saying hey you can't bet in certain places or certain things and then basically just sell out to gambling companies at the same time you know i mean you can't be like oh we can't gamble because it looks bad. They're supposed to be role models, and then be like, "Well, this suspension is brought to you by BetMGM." You know, what I mean, like that—that's not a. You can't do that. You know, what I mean, you can't double dip like that. Well, this was something that I know you always wanted to talk about, and that's like the fact that how intrinsic gambling or this betting in general, or sports betting, is in the NHL or just in sports in general, like. Can you how like how many sports betting ads do you see in the commercials from one one NHL game, right? Or like how many? I hate watching sports on TV a little bit. Like, yeah, I love watching sports, but it's also like I also hate it at the same time. Where it's like every like five minutes, it's another ad for gambling. Like, oh my gosh, it's like it's just so much and so in your face. It's ridiculous. Like, I guess there is definitely a market for it, right? Like, they're not doing it because, you know, they're sponsored. I think there's definitely viewers who are there who are watching the game and, you know, are, you know, betting and are interested in knowing, you know, what's the line on the next call or, like, they're curious to, you know, let's see what the live odds are at that time, right? Like, I think that there is an audience, but it it does seem to be quite in your face. And like, if you're a young viewer as well, like it, it does question you, right? Like, I mean, like uh, maybe we're a different generation, but like us growing up, like betting sports. Yeah. That was the thing, but it wasn't like something that like you saw like immediately. Right. Like it was just always something like in the newspaper, it would be like in a small corner of the sports, um, like the scoreboards and stuff. Right. Like maybe when, um, they're showing the game times, right? Maybe there might be a, like those odds beside it, but you wouldn't know what it was. But nowadays, like I feel like a lot of young viewers already know how to like how to bet and like what all these numbers mean and all that stuff. And it it is in your face. And I I think I know in Ontario there was or like there was going to be a law coming soon saying like you can't put like quote unquote celebrities in these ads, but like there's even without celebrities, there's still so much advertisement that it's in your face and people almost feel like, yeah, betting is part of sports now and like they're tied to- together now. It's kind of like when crypto was like absolutely booming. Where like, again, it's like you see it, you see an ad every 
at every commercial break and you see that now like like Austin said it's like you see that now every time there's a tv timeout every time there's a whistle if there's three or four ads you know at least one or two are gambling related and it's like what bet 365 mgm whatever the hell else they have like the one by chris pronger i don't know how many times i saw that in a game but it's like if we played the game of hey drink when you see x we would be dead yeah and like I mean, like, I think this really affects, like, seeing what happened with Shane Pinto. I mean, I wouldn't think that Shane Pinto's the only NHL player that has made a bet. I mean, maybe they are, like, most probably most players are following, you know, proper NHL gambling policies or betting policies. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone out there being like, hey, like, oh, I maybe, maybe violated the policy or I maybe bent the rule. Like, like... I think this puts caution to some of the NHL players. It'd be like, hey, like, am I betting okay? Am I going to get in trouble? Like, how can I safely gamble now? And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we might see another, like, suspension this year of someone that may have realized that, hey, like, I accidentally or I violated this rule and, like, the NHL finds out. And I don't know. I think there's just going to be more scrutiny. And given that there is a precedence now, like, you know, we could see another suspension for some other, some other player, maybe. It's just really bad luck, you know what I mean? Like, at least with, like, cryptos and, like, two in your face. It's, like, really in your face. And I think, I, I'm assuming that these sports books really pay really well. That's why they, they take these ads. But, like, if you watch, like, other sports, right, like, like it's so well known in the podcast that I watch German soccer, Doctor who watches English soccer. You don't see this level of advertising there. And it's refreshing that they have the what's the word on the corner? The diversity of advertisements. You know? There's someone trying to sell you a burger halfway through the commercial break, you know? Well, I mean the difference with football though is that like there aren't really that many ad times, right? Like you have your ads before the game, at halftime, and after the game, right? So there's not, it's not as in your face, I guess, right? Like with like hockey and like most American sports, there's so many commercials during the game, right? So you're kind of forced to watch the commercials. Like if you're watching football, right? You don't need to watch the pre-match. Maybe you want to watch a little bit of it, but you're not going to watch much. Halftime's your pee break slash eat whatever you want and then, you watch the second half, and then after game, if you really want to watch the post-match reaction, you could. But I, I think maybe that's why we don't see as many ads in football. But, like, with hockey, right? Like, especially once you pass that halfway marking period, you know, you're, you know you're going to spend at least five minutes watching ads, right? So I, I wonder if that's why it feels so in your face. Plus, I mean, I think you probably watch a lot more hockey than football. So, so this wasn't the only news with the Senators this week, right, Jeffrey? Uh, no, um, I, I think the Sens have just had a pretty bad week, I think, in terms of uh, being in the news. Not, not, not a lot of good news. Um, well, I guess num- number one was the fact that they are now being asked to forfeit. Well, their, their punishment for the whole, uh, the Donoff, whatever we want to call it, that spectacle, it, is that they now need to forfeit a first-round pick either next year, the year after, or the year after that. So between 2024 to 2026, they need to forfeit a first-round pick. 
because they uh, did not disclose uh, the 10 team no trade list that the Donov had when they tried to ship him to, I believe it was, well, when they shipped him to Vegas and then Vegas tried to ship him to the Ducks, but didn't know that he had a no trade list. And then um, kind of like almost sub- subsequently, like Dorian gets, you know, fired or let go or however you want to call it from the Sens. And now they're, they're going to interim GM in uh, Steve Stales. So doesn't look really good for the Sens this week. So doesn't the NHL Central Registry have a like everyone's contract? So I'm assuming maybe when they filed it with the Central Registry, it was wrong? I feel like when this happened, we did kind of talk about this. Like, shouldn't there be like a central database with all the information? But I feel like, like, would a no trade list, like I get that there's a, you know, there's a 10 team no trade list, but I, I don't know if the central registry is obligated to keep that list of 10 teams, right? Like maybe they know that there's a 10 team trade list, but I don't think that they should be the ones to be like, yes, this, like please send us the 10 teams that this player does not want to be traded to, right? Like I think maybe that's information that should be kept at the club level. Because like it's all for, it's like a certain day, you know, then they start this, right? Could you not just have the player and the and the team just sign a form you know, being like, yeah, this is what it is. I mean, maybe, but like, I mean, the whole thing was like, like Vegas should have known. Like, I don't, I don't know who's in wrong, but um, like, you would think Vegas would have maybe asked the Donoff too and been like, hey, like, who is on your ten team no trade list? Like, like before they even initiated talks about training him they should have maybe asked him ahead of time or asked his agent but um in the end like the sentence are kind of at fault for never disclosing that information that hey you know the ducks are on his no trade on uh no trade list right so um yeah but yeah like that's kind of a steep i don't know like losing a first round pick in one of these three years is going to be rough but um, I, I think it was kind of surprising to me that Dorian got fired kind of right after. Like it almost seemed like this almost seemed like a a hot headed decision, right? Like so they were just they're like, oh my god, I forgot to give a first round pick. Let's fire our GM. Okay, but at the same time, this seems like really excessive as well. Like the Sens are kind of getting screwed here again. Like if you think, okay, it's my my best comparable to this was. Ilya Kovalchuk signing a illegal contract. Like it's that's it's pretty sim, simple similar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what Ilya Kovalchuk got? The sorry, what the Devils got penalized for? Um, I do remember they had to forfeit a draft pick and they also had to pay a fine, but that draft pick punishment ended up not going through it all all that happened was that the devils kept her pick they just had to pick last in the first round so the devils surrendered three million a third round pick in 2011 and a future first round pick within the next four seasons uh so basically you're right they were forced to pick 30th in the 2014 nhl draft and they would forgive part of the three million dollar fine and they would penalize the third round pick. So he penalized a third round pick, moved down a bit, and what was the last one? And 
they got fined X amount of dollars. We don't know how much exactly. Like, that's peanuts in comparison. The Devils, I believe that year, we were expected to pick 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So they moved down 19 spots, lost a third-round pick. That seems very minuscule in comparison of losing a first-round pick, right? But they also still signed Kovacic to a deal. Like, they didn't yeah, lose. Yeah, they still kept him. Yeah, like, they didn't lose Kovacic at the end of that. They just had to sign a new contract, which is more legal within, like, yeah, league this rules. See, this seems a bit of like an overkill, is it not? Especially when you're looking at the other comparison that, you know, I didn't want to bring up, but the other comparison is just Chicago Blackhawks with the whole scandal they had there. They didn't get fined. They got. They didn't lose a pick or anything. It, like, there's that. But then it's like, do you think it's also like Ann Lauer's way of saying, um, you know, he didn't really, you know, he had Dorian on a short leash and this kind of just took over. Like, he wanted to stay else. Whether that's like next year or the year after or however long. But like, Dorian had like, some sort of leash that was going to be, let's just say, like, to next year or so. But because of this whole thing, he's like, well, let's just speed up the process a bit and get my guy in. I think you bring up a very, you use the exact words I was going to use. He wanted to bring in his guy. Just so happened he got an opportunity to have it happen earlier, but he just wanted his guy. And I think that's many, that's a very common situation where they just want his own guy playing, uh, being his gym. Like, that's one thing, but then I don't think it's completely related. Do you? Well, I think with like the whole first round pick thing, right? Like, I I don't think the owner had anything to do with that part. I mean, like, I think it affected the owner's decision later on. But like to me, I feel very like I could see the NHL backing down. Like, I think they're like the NHL is looking for shock value, but then I think they're going to do what they did with the Devils and they're going to cut back and be like, okay, you know, you don't lose your first round pick. You're just going to be at the end of the draft or something like that, right? Like, I think it's going to die down and we're going to forget about it. Like, I completely forgot about the fact that the Devils had to move to the back of the first round because as one of the punishments. Like, that was like, that feels like very old news and wasn't relevant. But, like, I mean, with the whole, like, Dorian being on a short lease, I mean, they already brought in Steve Stales. Right, like he was already above Dorian in the like pecking order. He was what president of hockey ops, and he was with the owner when they were in, with the Hamilton Bulldogs and the OHL. Like he was already brought in, so like I, I don't know. Like I think it comes with every time you have a new owner or a new top dog, right? Like you want to bring in your guys. Like you're you can't fire everyone immediately, but you know you need to kind of you know give them a chance. So. I I don't know. I, I maybe this was coming, but maybe like I don't know. It was it all off ice issues for Dorian was the reason why it's fired, or is it kind of maybe the sense of starting off a little bit slow? Like, I think it's more of that, right? It's the combination of starting slow, but also because he has a he has a guy. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, he has a guy. And it's one that the owner is comfortable with and everything, right? It's mostly I think it's mostly just that. Like yeah, Stales though, like he he's Toho. Um, but he can bring in his own guy. Dorian wasn't his guy. DJ Smith isn't his guy. 
um, do like I think that you know during resigning was more like a hey, there's the door. Do you want to walk out of that or do you want to kick you out? Okay, DJ Smith is probably gone next, right? Like oh, 100%. after Steve D- Stales or the permanent general manager comes in, DJ is going to be gone. They're going to bring in their own guy as well. Well, I think DJ Smith contract ends like is like expires at the end of the season, so it's probably going to be like a very simple like a bye bye like end of the season bring in like do their own like I don't think they're going to like necessarily just bring in their own guy, but like I think they're going to do their own evaluation of like who should be the next GM. They want to do their own search for the GM. They want to do their own search for the coach, right? So, uh, I, I I get that part. So, yeah, like maybe Dorian's days were numbered, but. Like, I don't know. Like, it's hard. Like, I feel like there's a lot of mixed feelings of Dorian's tenure as the Sens GM. Like, he made some good moves. He made some not-so-great moves. I think this offseason was kind of... Like, I feel like there's been a lot of times where we've been, like, Dorian... Like, the Sens did well this offseason. But then the on-night, like, in-season, they're not great. Um and, you know, just given what's happened, you know, with the Dodonna thing and then not being able to sign Shane Pinto because they decided to sign Tarasenko first, right? Like, lot, lots of those, like, little things are starting to kind of show up and be like, hey, maybe Dorian wasn't that great of a GM, even though we praised him a lot of times being like, hey, like, you know, Suns won the offseason or, you know, Suns look like the team that they can take the next step, but they never do. Okay, he... Like, the fact that he was in that organization for a while, like, it, it is a lot. <laughs> that is a... Something going... There's a lot going on in that organization. That's all I can tell you, man. But then also, I think, like, Dorian was working with, like, one hand tied with uh, behind his back because, like, uh, they were like, hey, you can't, you know, you can't pass this certain amount of... For your, uh, what's it called? For the salary cap, right? Or... The internal in, budget. Yeah, the internal budget's... And, like, I don't know, like, it came up to a point where it's, like, I remember, like, the past couple of years, Ross kind of, like, Dorian did well for what he's given. So, so I think that's, that's a huge part of it. It's, like, you know, now that he's gone from the sense, but it's, like, I think if you give him, let's just throw, I don't know, like, like, for the sake of it, it's, like, let's just say the Leafs. Like, if you put him in the Leafs with that kind of support behind him, I think, his resume would look a significant, like a lot different, like way different than he did with the Sens. I think we're all in agreement here. You know, I'm just going to ask you yes, no. Okay. I just want a yes, no. Does Pierre Dorian get another job in the NHL? Anson. Yes. hundred percent. Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious, right? Like everyone reads the situation he was put in. Yeah. He, he did mess up. But I think knowing the situation he's in, he's done pretty well. I'd say like he's just like a B plus. I mean, he's kind of like your guy. If you need to lock up your young core, he seems to be the guy that does it best. Like if you see the like contracts he's gotten in, like his young, like the young core of the Sens that are signed long term, those deals. I think you guys can all agree. All of them are great deals. They're all probably going to age really well like they're, they're great deals like I, I mean like yeah if you're i don't kind of think of a team that's got a young core that's not locked up yet like you know they are 
there are some people who are going to be like, hey, Dorian, how did you sign like a Brady Kachuk to seven years at under 10 million, right? Or like a Tim Stutzla's signed under 9 million. Or like, ah, I think there's, there's going to be people lining up for him in the offseason. Was, uh, <laughs> was, if Pierre Dorian gets asked, how did you sign Brady to Chuck to under 7 million, under 7 million or whatever it was, is his response just, well, I had, I, I had a Eugene Bell, uh, Eugene Melnick budget. I never choice. I mean, maybe, but I think he would try to give props to himself, be like, hey, you know, I, I really negotiated him down, made him really buy into the plan that, you know, we had set for this team. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe, uh, I was going to say Anaheim, but they got a pretty hard negotiator there already. But like, yeah, the next team that, you know, needs to lock, lock in their young guys long term, I think they're going to give Dorian a call and be like, hey, you want to come in and help with our negotiations here for a little bit? We'll, we'll the see. Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I think the Leafs probably they could have used them maybe like seven, eight years ago. Um, no, I think Pittsburgh needs them next. Or um, who, whoever, wherever you see Jim Benning next, you you throw him a pure door in. The San Jose Sharks will need him for his their rebuild. How about that one? the The San Jose Sharks are terrible. So the next couple of years they're gonna get a they're gonna get a what's it called? A um they're gonna get a I am blanking out. They're gonna get some high draft picks, and with those high draft picks, they're gonna get some young players that will need some new contracts. And there will be your your AGM. Well, I mean, like talking about the Suns, right? Like I mean not the Suns, the Sharks. Like how bad are you going to feel when you're going to be the team that gives them the first win of the season? Like, they're 0-9-1 as the time of a recording. I mean, like, if they, if the Habs were the team to let the Sharks win the first game of the season, I would be very, very mad. Okay, but you know what's going to happen. It's not like, it's not like they're never going to make it, you know what I mean? I mean, watching them play... I mean, I don't feel like. Would it surprise me if they go like don't win a single game this season? Yes, but at the same time, are they gonna win in the next twenty games? Or I mean, in, like I mean, they play ten games. Do you think they're going to win a game in the next ten games? I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Like this team, I don't. Are they bad? Sure, but did anyone think that they were this bad? Probably not. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, like, we know with Mike Greer, who's the GM of the Sharks right now, like, the plan was that they're going to rebuild. Like, they know that, hey, we are going to be a crap team. Like, they sold off Eric Carlson for peanuts because they're like, you know what? We want our team as bad as we can. We'll do what we we need to do, right? Like, I I don't know. It's, this team's just really bad. Like, I, 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 I could see them not winning their next 10 games. Dude, I don't know, man. They're playing the Flyers soon. Flyers, Flyers are also bad. Cr- they're getting spanked by the LA Kings right now. I like how he shows the Flyers. Yes. Um, Flyers aren't bad. But I guess the question is, like, do you think they'll be worse than that Avalanche team? 
What is that Avalanche team? I think the one that was um they tanked so bad they had like what forty eight um points in that season. Where I forgot the player, but he had a breakaway and he passed backwards in that season. Jeffrey, do you know what he's talking about? Yes, it was uh, Blake Como on a shorthanded opportunity and he passed backwards. I don't remember to who. I think it was Nathan McKinnon. I think, but he passed backwards. It was backwards. a bad season, though. But I, I don't even think that's the comparable right now. I think the comparable is the inaugural season for, I, I want to say, was it uh, the Capitals? Like where they oh, were eight s- wins? Yeah, like like eight sixty seven and five. I don't think that's far off from what the Sharks might end up with. Mm. Okay, there are some okay pieces on that team, though. Like, don't look at their stats because you know they're having a terrible year. But there's like okay pieces. I mean, they can have okay pieces, but like at the same time, it's it's not a team, right? And like. Yeah, they have all these okay pieces, but are they not just all going to be trade bait come the trade deadline? Like, like to me, this team, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think obviously Logan Couture being injured is a big part of the fact why they've started so poorly. I mean, not having your captain. and like, But at the same time, like, uh, I, this team just, I have very, very little confidence in them. Like, I, I truly believe they're going to have the worst NHL season ever. Oh, I found it. I found it. So, um, Bednar's first year, he was hired uh, a month before training camp. So, he didn't have his own staff. He couldn't install his own system. Um, long story short, that team ended up 22-56-4 for 48 points. So, okay, with that being said, 22. So, Jeffrey, you think this team is going to be significantly worse than that team? Yeah, like you said I, I that think you thought they win maybe eight games, right? That team won twenty two. Yeah, like the that that season by the Avalanche is the forty fourth worst season by like winning percentage, right? The the Washington Capitals of the eight sixty seven and five is second worst ever, right? Like in, in like the kind of the modern era. Like I I don't see them winning more than 20. I know there's parity in the NHL. And I get, you know, they, like everything ends up regressing back to the mean. Or in the case of the Sharks, it's going back up to the mean. But like, like even their first ever season where they went 11-71-2. Like that seems out of reach for me if I'm a Sharks fan. Like this is a bad season. And like I don't see much potential improvement for this team. Like. Where are they going to get better? Like, how are they going to get better? Is there enough internal growth that will make them a better team? Like, did they have a hard schedule to start off with? Like, I don't know. And the thing, too, is like, I mean, this is probably great for my career because, like, their goal is to be shitty. But, like, it's almost unwatchable at this point. I think you, both of you are being overdramatic. This team is. Bad. I'm not being I overdramatic. <laughs> first okay, off. maybe yeah, maybe not anti. But I think Jefferson overdramatic. I don't think it's bad as you make it out to be. I think this team is bad. I think this team is maybe like 25 wins bad. Yeah, like 25, 28. Like I think it's gonna be better than that Avalanche team. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as Jefferson. Like they're gonna maybe maybe win eight games. Like I think that's a little dramatic. It's a little 
Like, if they're winning eight games, yeah, he's, my career's getting fired. You could be like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a year to, you know, tank and everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they think they'd be taking that badly. And like, for you to not like how does it get eight wins? Um, you could accidentally basically win in shootouts and overtime off yeah. a lucky bounce. Yeah. I think they have enough talent or, you know, maybe you don't think so, but I think they do to win at least eight games. And I think... Yeah, I think eight games yeah. is reasonable. Like, not reasonable, sorry. Doable without much concern. I don't know about that. They are currently last goals for they are last in goals against like there is not much really anything that makes me say like oh they are you know gonna improve right like what like what's what's like normally there's like a silver lining for some teams right what's the silver lining for the sharks here that there are there are few star players are hurt i mean their one star player, Logan Couture, is hurt. Maybe I'd he say comes... Thomas Hurdle still counts. Yeah, but he's not hurt. He's been playing. He's just a good old minus eight. I would say some players have gotten. I'd say I'd say Zettel's been a been a pretty good start. He's got three goals. I mean, sure, he's leading the team with three goals. I I don't know. There's just. Nothing that makes me feel like, oh, you know, there's improvement. Like, you've got William Eklund. You've got Zetterland. Maybe Sedina, he looked kind of okay in the first game and a half. And then you realize, okay, maybe there's a reason why Detroit gave up on him. Like, like even the guys that, you know, you feel like are, you know, guys that you might be able to, um, like, flip for assets. You're not going to get much if they're going to have seasons like this. Like, Hoffman has one assist. Declare has one goal. Granlin has, I mean, he's played three games, but he has zero points. Like, it's not looking good. And I don't know. It's just the fact that, like, all the other teams that were thought to be like, oh, they're not going to be a good team this season. Like, like you said, the Flyers, they're at least their win, their point percentage is 500. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, their point percentage, 500. The Montreal Canadiens, their point percentage, 0.6, right? Like, even Anaheim Ducks, who we thought were going to battle the Sharks for the bottom of the um, NHL, has six wins in 10 games. Like, other teams have figured it out, but I think the Sharks are truly that bad. They're they're going to be that team. Okay, okay. So, we're going to put a pin in this and, like, kind of revisit it. I don't know, like, either end the season or whatever. But I guess the question is, you don't think... That they're gonna beat the twenty-two wins and forty-eight points of the Avs. No. Right. Okay. Olsen. Will they be better or worse than that team? Uh, ooh, the Avs team, eh? And they'll be better. I think they'll be slightly better. Yeah, like I don't, I don't need like a twenty. I don't, I don't need you to be like, oh, like 25, 28, whatever. I just need what like the, to be better. What are the MGM bet odds for this? Like three six five. There you go. Um. And I think they'll be better, like equal or better. I think it's like that's the bar that we're setting, which is, I think, not a great bar. But Jeffrey's making it sound like it's a you know, hit the reset button, even though there isn't one. 
Like, I don't think he's... They're eight wins bad. I'm sorry. It's... Yeah. Watch us be wrong about it, but, like, still, like, as you right now, I don't think they are that bad. I think they'll be better than that abs team of, what, 48 points. That's the bar. 48 points, higher or lower, I think higher. Okay, on that abs team, who was on it? Oh, Lord. Give me a minute here. Yeah, well, we'll give Ansel a second to look at who's on that abs team. Like, let's compare those rosters. I am actually... I actually pulled up the roster already. Um, I mean, of course, you've got, you know, your Nathan McKinnon and whatnot, but, like... Like, like, are we going to go, like, comparable, like, forward one to forward one, like, forward two, forward two, like, all the way down? Is that is that? No, no, going? just give me, like, the, you know... Notable top, names, yeah, I think. notable names, maybe top three scorers. Like, I don't care about the guy who, you know, the fourth line guy, you know. Do you team. care about, do you care about, um, I don't know, Anton Lindholm? <laughs> Who's the top three scorers on the team? And then maybe whoever was a notable player and then the goalie as well. Okay, so the top three point getters, uh, Nathan McKinnon at 21 had 53 points. Matt Duchesne had 41 points in 77 games. And Miko Rantanen um, in his 20, age 20 season had 38 points in 75 games. Um, this is also a team that still had Tyson Berry, had a Gabe Landeskog, had a Jerome McGinley. Um, uh, and their goalie for that season was Calvin Picard and Semyon Varlamov. Oh, that team definitely just got outscored nonstop. Like, if I look at this, like the Sharks team, like they, I don't think they have anywhere close to the same talent as like the Abs team. Like, like maybe I was, maybe I was exaggerating and saying like they were going to be Washington Capitals bad, but like. I think they're probably in that 15 to 20 win range in terms of like wins for the season. Like, like I, w- I would take Mackenzie Blackwood over those two goalies. Would you though? Like, with, uh, uh, yes, I would. Like, Calvin Picard wasn't bad. Like, he had a 2.98 GAA and a 9.04 save percentage. Like, he didn't have. Calvin Picard was terrible. Like, like look at the the eye test. He failed constantly. Yeah, but like stats wise for that season, like they weren't, they, it wasn't awful. Like, yeah, let me see if I can find. Um, it's pretty awful. Like, this was a team that just couldn't score, I think. That, that was their problem. Like, their, their goals against, or at least their expected goals against, wasn't that far off. Like, they just couldn't score, I think, was the problem. So. Like I think twenty, like twenty is probably closer. You know, I I don't think he they went eight. Like you know, that's unreasonable. Twenty two, I was like, ooh, that is a that is a close one. That is that is one I'm like I gotta consider. Okay, would this be more fun? Uh, last year's worst team was the Ducks at twenty three, forty seven, and twelve. Twenty three, forty seven, and twelve. Yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty similar. I don't know. Um, guys, like, last season, the Sharks had 22 wins. Is this a better or worse team than last year? Like, I I don't know where you're seeing that they're going to get more wins based on having a shittier roster. But if you guys want to believe that they're going to have more wins than 22 wins, we'll talk about this at the end of the season. 
we can do our regular updates on how like what are we trending higher or lower but i i'm just not seeing it i don't know what you guys see in the sharks that makes you believe that they're going to hit 22 wins like i get you can luck into yourself into the wins but i don't think the sharks can lock themselves into 22 wins this season I would say if you look at the teams that they played against, I would um, besides like the Canucks, obviously, and the Capitals, they played some pretty solid teams. Like to be fair, they've played the Golden Knights, the Avs, the Hurricanes, the Bruins, the Preds, the Panthers, the Lightning, Hurricanes, Capitals, and Canucks. Of that, I would say the Golden Knights, Avalanche, Hurricane, Bruins. That's a pretty strong four to play against, right? The Predators, fine. The Panthers were in the cup final last year. The Lightning were, have been pretty good. And then you're back to the Hurricane. And then the Capitals and then the Canucks. Yeah, fine. You, you know, those should be more competitive. But besides that, they played pretty strong teams so far. Yeah, yeah, I guess like maybe they had a stronger schedule to deal with, but I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I, I guess like if you're so up, like so down on the Flyers, like if they lose to the Flyers, is that going to change your perception? No, like I am down on the Flyers. But I'm not like, you know, 10 games in wins in the season bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what happens with the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, are they going to maybe have the worst season ever in this century? Or will they come back and, you know, make a miraculous turn once, you know, maybe Logan Couture coming back and reinvigorates the team? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll be competing with the Sens. I mean, imagine if the Sens had to give up a first-round pick and they're in the lottery and uh, they end up having to give up a lottery pick to... Well, I guess they're not giving up the pick to anyone in particular. They're just losing pick, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. they oh, just lose it, yeah. No, so they lose pick. it. But they got to choose uh, whether they lose it like this year, this year after the order comes out. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. That kind of sucks. It just means like one less NHL draft prospect can get drafted. Like I feel like they should be given to, like if the, if the Sens had to lose a draft pick to a team, who would, would the Ducks deserve it more, or would the Knights deserve it more, or should it be some other team that deserves that pick? Why would why would the Knights deserve it? I don't know. Because... Let's give the reigning champions another first round pick. Well, technically, yeah, they were affected because they couldn't trade the Don off to the Ducks, right? And guess what? They fucking want a cup. You know, yeah, they want a cup. Like, what do you want? And another first round pick. Yeah, yeah I, it's I, not, you know, it's very hard fault. to justify giving the rich even, even more. You know what I mean? I mean, do you not see what happens in society these days? You know, you can go with that route. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't like giving the rich more money. You know. And that's why we pay taxes. And with that, I think that will be Jeffrey's final thought. Anson, what's your final thought? Oh. <laughs> um, we should probably keep an eye on the Oilers because uh, they are not doing well. 
I'll be honest they're with you. terrible as well. Like, with all due respect, they are nowhere near where I think uh, they are, like, in terms of, I don't know, just overall. Like, I don't know you lost McDavid for, like, a week, but still, dude, this is not great. Like, it, that's just, like, if you lose one guy and your team falls apart, obviously we know it's a two-team system or two-player system, but, like, you can't have what's happening. Let's just say in the 75th game of the season, you're just like, oh, like, now what do we do? Like, they have to figure something out. Like, Campbell is not your answer. Skinner might be a backup answer, but you got to figure something out back if you're in Edmonton over there. That team is quietly terrible. Like, the Battle of Alberta has sucked again now. They were really good for, like, two years, where it's like, oh, let's see what we're going to do here. Now it's quietly sucked again, hasn't it? Uh, my final thought would be that. The Battle of Alberta sucks again. And with that, we will talk to everyone in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Back Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.